Hey everybody, welcome out to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week we take a movie from our past and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our heartbreaks of classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. How are you doing, hon? I'm okay. How are you doing? Good. What's, but, but, what, what's new? Well... If you're listening to this in order, nah. then we did not end up watching this at your parents' house while we were off showing our house. We actually listened to or watched a different movie. We watched our next movie. Which will be our next movie. But we aren't going to give that one away because, again, if you're listening to this in order, you don't know what that movie is yet. But you'll find out at the end of the show. But otherwise, yeah, we, we watched this one from the comfort of our own home, as per usual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and which was nice. Yeah, you had some wine, we had some yeah, snacks, you yeah. have some wine now. No, last night I had a Rattler, and to be fair, I only had half of a Rattler, oh. because they're the tall cans and I can't drink that much. Did it make you wish you had more than that when we were watching this movie? definitely something stronger (laughs) which is why i've got the wine now Mm -hmm. to discuss this movie okay well tonight's episode we will be taking a look at face off which originally hit theaters back in 1997 i've been uh, chasing this guy ever since i joined the force he he has no conscience and he uh, he shows no no remorse he's the mastermind behind numerous bombings and political assassinations. He uh, has a felony list a mile long, murder, arson, kidnapping, terrorism, you name it. He's the most dangerous and brilliant criminal mind I've ever known. I, for years, I've, I've been watching him, tracking him, studying his every every move. I know his every, every mannerism, facial tick gesture. I know him better than he knows himself. And now, after all this time, I finally figured out a way to trap him. I will become him. I don't care if I live. You're not having any fun, are you, Sean? Try terrorism for hire. We'll blow some stuff up. It's more fun. Plan B. Let's just kill each other. 1997 the year that i always think was five years ago yeah no it's definitely not no yeah this is the year where i'm like well no you know what now that i'm in my 30s i feel like 1997 was 10 years ago and i get really sad when it wasn't yeah because 2012 was last year and 2007 was five years ago and somehow the math checks out right anyway but on june 1st Donovan Bailey of Canada beat American superstar Michael Johnson in the 150 meter race in Toronto. Now, for us Canadians, that was a big deal because that was Don- a big deal. Donovan Bailey was our big superstar. For he a long was. Time. He was on all of our Wheaties boxes. Yeah, he was our Usain Bolt. Exactly. So, and then when Usain Bolt came along, it was kind of like, no, Donovan Bailey's better. Oh, he's not. Oh, not anymore. No. I mean, the age difference is like, no, if it's 20 years. Oh no. no. What have you the done? Math. Your math doesn't work anymore. June 12th, the amazing superstar of a movie, Batman and Robin, directed by Joel Schumacher and starring George Clooney and Arnold and Chris O'Donnell, premieres in Los Angeles. And it's remembered as the worst 
Batman. Yes. So just to kind of put a perspective, what 1997 was like in terms of cinema. Cinema. In less fun news, on June 13th, jurors in Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma City bombing trial sentenced Timothy McVeigh to death. Yay. Yay. To be fair, not a lot was actually happening that month. I was a little surprised. I was surprised you were uh, moving you so quickly. Yeah, that's because there wasn't much. But good news, June 26th, and this one is a big one. Mm-hmm. This is a big one. The first Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone book is published. Wow, that is a big one. Yeah, it kind of trumps all the other ones by a big margin. And like, too, it turned out that J.K. Rowling's kind of awful. But like, Harry Potter's meant a lot to a lot of people. And that's really dating things. Yeah, actually, you know what? You want to date to some more things? I believe as of now, maybe later this year, we can do the first movie. I'm pretty sure the first one was... I thought it was like 2003. Was it 2003? It might be 2003. I was looking at some stuff and okay, well, but you know what? I was, I, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. soon, maybe two years from now, we'll do it. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. there you go. But that's, yeah, no, that's, I, it. that's it. That's wow. That's it. Yeah. And you didn't read, you didn't read Harry Potter until very recently. Very recently. Yes, that's correct. Um, I'm very much the kind of person who's like, oh, it's like popular and fandom is going crazy for it. I don't like it. Don't want it. I don't want it. Get out of my like, life. Because like I just I, it's not so much that I'm like oh if people like it I'm going to hate it. It's like oh if people like it I can't deal with the fandom. Mm-hmm. So I just ignore it. Fair. And I've tended to like things that have big fandoms. Like until the last couple seasons, Game of Thrones. I liked the Harry Potter books. Still haven't watched all the movies, even though we own them. Yep. What else is there? That's big. It has a lot of fans that you like. Yeah. Star Trek. Star Trek. No, I was into Star Trek from day one. Well, yeah. Oh, the, sorry. I thought you were saying no, no, no. Stuff that I won't try because it's big. Try. No, you were in. You were into Twilight. Not into it. I accept it. Enjoyed it. I enjoy Twilight. I'm not going to lie. And we're going to be able to do that movie sooner or later as no, well. Not that soon. I no. did see a TikTok today of how they filmed the running scenes. In Twilight? I've never seen any of them, so I don't You've know. You've never seen any of the Twilight movies? I haven't seen movies? a single Twilight movie. I gotta break movie. our rules. Next movie we're watching. No, that's not how it works. And we've already recorded our next episode <laughs> and seen that movie. So, yeah. So, moving on from that one. Let us talk about the box office, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, it was a pretty big year for sequels, which most summer box offices are. Let's not lie. Well, but we've we- already established Batman and Robin. Well, yeah, but we also had <laughs> The Lost World. Mm, definitely big one. Speed 2. Ooh, the one where one. it's on. You've never seen it? I saw it. I know it's one. cruise control. It's on yeah. a boat. Yeah. Seems less thrilling. It does. It does. Even though a boat is bigger. I did enjoy the pun, though. Cruise control. You get it? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And then, of course, Batman and Robin. Lost World opened with a gargantuan an almost dinosauric. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? No. <laughs> well, it is now. It is now. 72 million. Batman and Robin hit with 42 million. And then it must have been terrible at the box office because it had a huge drop the next week and it was beaten by Face Off at only 23 million. Ooh, Face Off, 23 million. Yeah. Uh, the next week, right after that, taken over by Men in Black with a beefy 51 million. And that stayed there for three weeks. Top movies released in 1997, not necessarily made their money in 1997, remember, but released in 1997 domestically. We're only doing domestic, remember, as well. Mm-hmm. Because I say that because the biggest movie was Titanic. 
of course, which yes. made over 600 million domestic, and that doesn't count re-releases and international mm-hmm. and all the other re-releases because we've gone to see it in theaters. <laughs> I, I saw that movie three times in theaters on its first run and at a re-release with yes, you. Yes, and we're going to do that movie at some point. At some point, yeah. Men in Black at 250 million, and The Lost World at oh 350, and then 299 for Lost World. Face Off was 11th at 112 million dollars. This movie made $112 million domestically. This must be why they continue to talk about sequels slash remakes, sort of. I think it's supposed to be a sequel they're saying now. Are you serious? Yeah, they're talking about it right now. They're doing like a... The, the director of like a big movie that just recently came out is is doing it. <laughs> um, oh my God, it's Adam Weingart and Simon Barrett. There you go. I like Adam Weingart and Simon Barrett. So then maybe you'll like that movie. I don't know. Is it actually going to have like... No. They're supposed to be in it. Oh my god. That's the rumor. Oh my god. They're saying it's a sequel. But hey, let's not talk about sequels before we talk about uh, this movie. Uh-huh. When did you first have any sort of connection with this we'll call it a film? <laughs> so my parents rented it. Yes. I we might have no, we didn't see it in theaters. My parents definitely rented this one. And like, I've definitely said that my mom and dad are big, stupid cop action film fans. Mm -hmm. And this was right up their alley. They both like John Travolta. They both like Nick Cage. So this was like a huge thing for them. And we rented it. I remember loving it. I remember as a kid being like, wow, you know, blah, blah, blah. Shoot them up and face. They're swapping faces and it's crazy. And. And I specifically remember Nick Cage being like, you know, asking the flight attendant who's not a flight attendant to suck his tongue. Mm-hmm. And like, but there was so much about this movie I didn't remember. I did remember thinking it was awesome as a kid. Yeah. I uh, remember. I would have been 12. 12. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, you didn't think you saw it when you were 12 then? You already. Oh, yeah. We rented it like right away. Right away. Okay. As soon as we could. Yeah. All right. Because I, I feel like it was something that I saw around the same time. So I was out in 13 when I saw it and I've, I've seen it more than once. Like we, I've never owned it, but my brother owned it. And we, I remember watching, borrowing his VHS to watch it wow. quite often because it was a cool action movie. And there's a lot of stuff about this movie that I did remember very well, but there's one big one that I didn't remember. And we'll get into that once we get into the movie. But I remember this being like a lot of fun and I remember being like John Travolta's the best even though he's like the bad guy for most of the movie, you know? Yep. It's it's weird. It's it's this movie puts you in a weird head Well, not just body swap movies are not new. It's just yeah. the way they did this body this, swap yeah, movie. Yeah, it's like, a very it's, it's Freaky Friday but as an action movie. As an action thriller, yeah. Like a cop action thriller, but mm-hmm. it's basically Freaky Friday. Basically. With more <laughs> murder. <laughs> uh, I should have had Lindsay Lohan. It should, maybe. Maybe. Anyway. Anyway. Shall we talk about the movie? Yeah, let's. Okay. So, face off. I feel like the elephant in the room that we must discuss immediately is this movie is ridiculous. Holy crap. This movie <laughs> is insane. Okay. So, this is why I got some wine. Okay. Um so the movie opens with a face waterfall. Yes. So they do this thing and like 
everyone knows this. They do this thing where like John Travolta like runs his fingers over people's faces, which is really weird. Which I'm like, who chose that to be like the thing he does? I hate it. It makes me uncomfortable. But it's him (laughs) and his kid on a merry-go-round, and Nick Cage is the bad guy and tries to assassinate John Travolta. Accidentally kills the son in the process. Nick Cage's mustache tries to assassinate John Travolta. Yeah. So obviously they since then have had a huge feud and rivalry and blah blah blah. And John Travolta has like dedicated his life as an FBI agent to catching this guy. And Nick Cage is just a terrible person. And like all I could think is like during this whole scene, they're at this popular merry-go-round and like no one rushes to help them. Mm-hmm. No one's no one's there. No one's screaming. Well, it's it's stylistic, right? So obviously they're not gonna add in all the screaming sound effects. The only sound effects that played were the the sounds of the gunshot and, you know, and maybe the merrying around. I don't remember exactly, but, you know, it's the style, right? They're not going to Well, it's the style it. at the time. It's the style. No, it's just John Woo's style. I mean, think about it later on when there's the scene where they're listening to music and there's a gunfight happening and the gunfight's not audible, you know, like it's, it's the style. Yeah, I forgot that there was a lot of stuff with kids in this movie, like completely. I, there was a lot of this movie that I remembered, but like the sun getting shot right at the beginning it was in it wasn't until it showed the merry-go-round that i was like oh right oh right no not only is there his kid gets killed but there's like other kids put in danger and all of this stuff later on and i was like "Ooh, i forgot about all this how am i going to handle this because as i think we've established on this show children in danger hits a lot differently when you have your own children yes agreed but this movie is so stupid that it didn't bother it didn't bother you <laughs> but no you know what and speaking of that because i i forgot to mention you say about the kids stuff yeah i remember a lot of the stuff dealing with the daughter yes i, remember I do remember all the daughter i remember stuff. her stabbing the guy i forgot it was danny masterson for some reason like you're like what for some reason i thought that was gonna be vince vaughn okay i'll, I'll give you one different i don't know why i don't know where vince vaughn comes from I really he's don't. He's got to be in something from that era where he's like, he's like not a good guy. And it turns out like the dad, I don't know. He's got it. But it was, it was Danny Masterson who scarily enough turned out to be a real life rapist. Oh yeah. Yeah. That whole thing. And he tried to rape the daughter. So he was, they cast well then, I guess. Uh, uh, uh. Uh. Anyway, speaking of thinking of someone else in the role, I remembered the daughter's entire subplot, but for some reason, I was confusing it with Eliza Dushku, who's the daughter in True Lies, not in this movie. So yeah, I was like, when the daughter showed up and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not Eliza Dushku. Eliza Dushku is the daughter in True Lies. That's that's where I had my wires crossed. I was waiting for her to show up and then it was the blonde woman and I'm like, what? What's happening here? So yeah, that was the one thing I re- I did I did remember the daughter plot. I remember the whole stick up them with the knife and twist it and everything like that. The other kid, and then the kid like the, the caster's kid. That stuff I completely forgot. And yeah, <laughs> so the movie starts off with a kid taking a bullet to the head. Yep. And and Travolta weirdly, well I don't know he, Travolta like rubbing on him and nick cage's mustache and and all that stuff and then we flash forward to an insane scene of nicholas cage dancing around 
in the LA Convention Center dressed as a breeze. So the opening scene, I'm like, okay, this is hyper stylized and it really lacks an emotional punch being so, so stylized. But there's something like emotionally vapid about it. Okay. I don't know if it's all the face touching or what, but it just, it didn't resonate with me and normally i'm a pretty easy mark for oh no a little child's in trouble Mm. so whatever and then you cut to nick cage is planning this bomb and he's dressed as a priest and he comes out and he does this dance and he swings his head around and then he rubs up on some singer they're singing hallelujah and then he like yell sings with them as he's grabbing her ass he sings hallelujah a lot he sings yeah and i'm just like and i gotta say this is where this movie lost me (laughs) and that was about 10 minutes in that's where it lost you and it's so funny because we were talking to a friend of the podcast while i was talking to a friend of the podcast and movie reviewer david baldwin Mm -hmm. and i was like explain this and he said it was big dick energy coming off his recent academy award win (laughs) and that was his only explanation for that and i was like who let Nick Cage do that? Was it was it the language barrier of John Woo when Nick Cage came out and be like, look, I'm going to do this dance and then I'm going to scream yell and you just keep the cameras rolling. And John Woo was like, yes. This is good. I enjoy this. Yes. <laughs> and then didn't want to say no to his big star who just won an Oscar. I don't know. But the other thing, though, is is then Travolta does the same wacky crap. Like they, they flip flop who does all the wacky crap. So both of them had the but wacky no, crap. And that's do. OK. I just want to say right off the jump. So the whole thing is it's Freaky Friday. Hmm. So the whole part of the movie is they have to capture each other's essence. Yes. And I'd say Nick Cage actually does do a fairly decent John Travolta sad sack role. Mm-hmm. But when he like is pretending to be his own character, like when Nick Cage is. It's Castro. Sean- no, when Nick Cage is Sean Archer, mm-hmm. who's John Travolta pretending to be Castro Troy, who's Nick Cage. When he actually is like trying, Nick Cage goes a little too Nick Cage with it. And mm-hmm. then it's, it breaks the illusion that he's not someone pretending to be Nick Cage. Whereas John Travolta never captures the essence of what it is to be in a cage, which I, un- which fair, because I don't think anybody could. No, it's like but trying he, to catch lightning in a bottle. He falls very short, because especially when you've got this lead up at the beginning of the movie where Nick Cage is doing this weird dance and grabbing some girl's butt and just yell screaming singing thing like it sets up that this ki is so over the top that there's got to be some scenes where because like obviously john travolta is pretending to be john travolta and he can't be full on nick cage all the time but there's got to be scenes where john travolta goes full nick cage and he never gets close that was the most confusing line of thought I've ever had to continually <laughs> process as I was saying it. And even then, I think I got it wrong. <clears throat> but the gist is, Nick Cage does an okay John Travolta. John Travolta never comes close to Nick Cage. Okay. I mean, that's one way to look at it. I mean, <laughs> so so after that, <laughs> that, that opening scene, yep. it goes into this insane shootout slash 
plane heist thing, mm-hmm. and that didn't win you back after the the the, the beginning of this movie. Okay, I understand it was the mid to like late mid nineties, mm. but the FBI agent posing as a flight attendant mm-hmm. is wearing a full beige full body suit with like trench coat and everything. She's going full Dana Scully. Okay. And somehow she's supposed to be the sexy flight attendant. Beige is not sexy. So when Nick Cage is like, suck my tongue, you're a peach. I could eat a peach all day and all that stuff. And she's just wearing beige. You'd think if she was an undercover FBI agent, she would be dressed. I'm not talking like in a sexy costume, like, you know, Britney Spears in the toxic video. I'm talking like have her not wearing beige. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So how in any, she looks like a cop, like from the hop. She's a Mm. cop. You could tell right off the hop. She's a cop. And, but in 1997 beige world, do you think we'd be able to tell? No, I think we would be able to tell no problem. She was super a cop Mm -hmm. just because she was pretty like it it was too much beige like she looked like a police officer Mm -hmm. so that was like well maybe that's that company's uniform and then (laughs) okay (laughs) well it's a private airline and you'd think that it was like they're like oh this guy hires us and knows what he likes we'll put the sexy stewardess in and then they're like oh but we got to put this fbi agent undercover and like look this guy likes a certain kind of woman she looks like a cop and they're gonna be like no no that's no, fine it's fine beige is sexy <laughs> anyway and then in the fight scene there's this huge like fight scene in the airport and you're right there are some good mo- but then i was like because i've seen like it's mission impossible 2 that he directed right yes so i've seen mission impossible 2 and i've seen some other john woo movies and i i like a good slow-mo moment in a fight but like this fight could have easily been two minutes and it was like half an hour. <laughs> okay. It just drags. And like, I get it. I get it. Like it's 1997. The effects aren't the same as they I are feel today. Like, I feel like you're going to be saying it's 1997 a lot. <laughs> such a 90, 1997 movie. Mm-hmm. I have such fond memories of 1997 until I actually experienced something from 1997. And then I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> But no, like you can see the wires in the fight, which is fair, but like none of the action is in any way realistic. So you see the wires and like, okay, I, you go ahead. Talking, Tell me what you think about it. Cause talking, I'm just like, Ugh. talking about the wires is I'm going to jump in here on this because yeah, please do the, the wires show up more than once. And uh, Dave also made a great point of the fact that, you know, this movie was never intended to be seen in, you know, Blu-ray. 4k quality so they were expecting that those things to be hidden that's fair yeah i i you know what and that's i i give it to them but it is a little harder to hide when they're in slow-mo right but like there so there's the wires and i would say they got the worst stunt double for nick cage oh my god i mean not saying i'm not saying the stunt double did a bad job the stunt doubles the the stunts were yes that's exactly what i'm saying his hair was way too long it was obvious every single time his stunt double was on screen because his hair was way longer Mm -hmm. like way longer like blowing in the wind and nick cage has a buzz cut yeah like (laughs) like it's 
very obvious. But it was the same thing with Travolta too. Any of Travolta's scenes where like like there, there, you can I get it. I can suspend my disbelief. Mm-hmm. I've watched movies for a very long time. I know. I know actors are not doing every single one of these scenes, but at the same time, I can still be like, oh, look, the character's doing whatever. A lot of this movie was very much like, now it's a different person entirely. Yeah. <laughs> like when he jumps off of the prison later, it's very obviously somebody else. It's so it's, much so. Yeah. Like there was a lot of that in this movie. And to me, it just made this movie more fun because it just made it more ridiculous. Like, Ridiculous is a good word for it because like, okay, so they they fight in this warehouse and this plane and like they like people are getting shot left, right and center and there's like collateral damage. And I don't know, it's just so they they he somehow well, I get it because like a jet engine goes off that's just sitting there and blows him into a wall. And so it knocks him out, but it doesn't quite kill him. It puts him in a coma. It just doesn't seem like it's that bad of an injury. You know what? Okay, so we're gonna take, we're gonna take you, and we stand you in front of a jet engine. We're near an airport. We're gonna fire you at a chain link fence, and we'll see how you feel when it's over. He just didn't seem to hit it that hard. But anyway, so he's knocked out enough that they're like, okay, we can like cut his face off <laughs> and put it on John Travolta. <laughs> I like that you just jump right away to the face. Literally. Th- do no there's there's some there's some reasoning behind it so the scene at the beginning of the movie nicholas gage is setting up a bomb in the la convention center now this is one thing i never understood but i get it now after watching it and it's probably because i was 13 and wasn't putting details together he puts the bomb in the convention center during the choir thing Mm -hmm. because he has a target at an event later Mm-hmm. Now, because I always wondered that when I was a kid, I was like, why did they why did they just leave the bombs there for so long? It's because I missed that part because I, it was boring and I was waiting for more shoot, shoot, jumpy, jumpy, slow-mo. So that happens. They're, they're, they're like, oh, there's the bomb. We don't know where it is. The only person who can tell us is Castor Troy's brother, who Pollux. is Pollux. Who named them? Their parents? I guess. Yeah, I mean, that makes the most sense, right? But like the... Uh. Anyway, continue. Anyway, so they decide the only way that they're going to, he's only going to talk is if he's talking to his brother, who is quote unquote dead. And then they introduced this plot to, to John Travolta that, oh, well, what we can do is we can take his face off of his comatose body and sew it onto your face after we've taken your face off and put it away for safekeeping. My question was, and I always, this was my question back when I watched the movie originally. When they took off Nicolas Cage's face, why didn't they just kill him? Right? Like. They didn't need him anymore. They had his face. I guess maybe they wanted to have him see justice. He was in a coma. Yeah, but like. You'd think if they were expecting him to wake up, they would have had a guard posted. Yeah, they should have had a guard posted. Because like someone like with all his connections would have probably wanted to break him out at least. If they'd found out he was alive. Yeah. But yeah, they can't just... That's the thing. They are, even though they're testing the bounds of science and playing God swapping faces, they aren't above the law and they can't just kill people without due process. I, I suppose that's true. I mean, unless they're in that big shootout, then that's That's different. true. People getting shot left and right in big shootouts, that's for sure. And that's the other thing. So they're doing this big face-off scene. It's all, they explain it. And it's all technical and blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, oh, it's the the top best sign. So they take off John Travolta's 
face mm-hmm. first. Yes. And before they put on his new face, someone comes in and starts cutting his hair. Yes. And I'm just like, I've had my hair cut once or twice in my life. Mm-hmm. You've had your hair cut before. What if some of these little flecks of hair get under the... Under the face? Like into the, the goo under your skin. Well, didn't they, 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 they sealed his face up first, didn't they? I thought they did. Oh. He was covered in bandages when they were doing his hair. Okay. I was just like, oh, that seems very unsanitary. Like, they didn't even wash his hair beforehand. There could be bacteria on his hair. That's true. That's true. And then that in there, and like a face transplant. I mean, and then when you have a transplant, you're on transplant medication for the re- like anti-rejection drugs for the rest of your life. And it's all... Oh, it's a mess. Well, here's here's a question that I have. And this isn't a, a movie logic question. This is a making of the movie logic question. Mm-hmm. I obviously understand that they're not going to cut off John Travolta and Nicolas Cage's real faces. I understand this. Yeah. But could they have not got John Travolta or Nicolas Cage to lie down on the bed for one of the shots that was not an effects shot before they cut the faces off? Because... The entire surgery scene, it is very obvious that they are dummies the entire time. <laughs> you don't understand. You get, you don't have your lead actors doing these scenes. That's what you have. You have dummies for dummies and doubles for, like, because <laughs> you know your your lead actors don't need to be just laying there. That's I don't know. That's how it is. But at the same time, not when you can tell. Yeah, it was. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those were good. They were good dummies. Like if, if it was a shot of them just taking the face off the dummy, I wouldn't have noticed. But when it's just a shot of the dummy sitting there, lying there while there's talking over the dummy or something like that, because that's happens. The first time they see Castor Troy and she lights the cigarette, it's the dummy. Yeah. Like it's not Nicolas Cage lying there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. And, then- and they shot scenes with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta on that set. Why could they have not just lie down? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was just very weird. We don't even get a good scene of one of them without their... You see a little bit of Nick Cage without his face. And and to be fair, they, it looked like they just like rubbed jam on Nicolas Cage's face. 100%. <laughs> but like you see it for a split second, and I realized it's like a reverse martyrs. You know what? It, it, I, I thought of this earlier, because I was thinking about things I, that I wanted to say. And I found that this movie was too gory, but not gory enough. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent agree. Like it's it's real. It's a weird way. Like it's weird. I can't explain why I how I feel that way. But like, I mean, you you said yourself, you you agree exactly how what, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like there's so much like blood and like shoot 'em up violence, and it's gory. And then a scene where you could get away with some actual gore, they don't show it. Yeah, like even like, I mean, Nicolas Cage didn't even need to be there for the scene where he has no face. They could have just had a dummy with like a skull. Because if they took his face off, wouldn't it be like skull? Like he would have like no eyelids and stuff, right? Well, no, it would. Well, yeah, he'd have no eyelids, no lips. Yeah, but he definitely did. He had lips and he had eyelids and stuff. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Uh, yeah, like you. Because they just covered his face in jam. Yeah, your 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 nose. Your nose would be pretty much gone. You'd have like the cartilage there, but the rest of it. Yeah, would be gone. you'd yeah. you'd look like Red Skull. Yeah, and it would hurt. Oh yeah, so much. So have you ever like you've had a blister before? That's not like one layer of skin peeled up. Mm-hmm. Like when you pop it, that is, and it stings. Mm-hmm. Like your your epidermis is there to protect all your inner bits, and it's 
dings under there because mm-hmm. your body's like, no, 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 keep me covered up. Mm-hmm. I'm not meant to be on display. No. So like he's like, I was saying like he's having a cigarette and like any sort of like suction wouldn't work. Yeah, because he didn't have lips. He shouldn't have lips. Uh, but even so, that, how is like, he smoking? Imagine if he gets a spark from a cigarette on his bare not skin. <laughs> his bare not skin. I was like, this seems incredibly like a bad idea. Well, he does say that he is on a crap ton of painkillers. But at the same time, he obviously does, as we see the movie go on, he's someone who imbibes in a lot of recreational drugs. Mm -hmm. And who knows how well those drugs are even going to be working for me. I suppose. The whole thing is uh, like, and this... This, I have to say, getting up to the point where they have swapped faces yes, felt like a good 90 minutes. <laughs> and it was, what, half an hour? Yeah. It wasn't long. It's not long. <sighs> yeah. And then John Travolta's in the prison with the brother Prolux. Prolux? Pollux? Pollux. 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 Prox? When Thomas Jane shows up. Yeah. And then Thomas Jane is just there and is like... That's the other. So the movie tries to set up that one, John Travolta has to pose as Castor Troy and be a badass like him. And like I said, he never quite captures it. My favorite part of, of what. So his thought process of, oh no, these people don't believe I'm Castor Troy. I will just repeatedly shout that I am Castor Troy and that will convince them. But I could see Nick Cage pulling a stunt like that where he's like, oh, people don't believe I'm the real Nick Cage. I'll just scream, I'm Nick Cage. I'm Nick Cage. I'm Nick Cage. (laughs) Over and over again. Mm -hmm. That just seems like something you do. So I I would buy that. But then he beats up one guy who tries to beat him up. And then later when they're doing the prison escape, like... Everyone who's sent to this supermax prison, like this yeah. prison must be for the worst of the worst. Because like, if you have three strikes in this prison, they literally fry your brain out. Yes, and they basically have said that this prison technically doesn't exist, and like everybody's wearing magnet boots. So, but then it starts to make you want to feel bad. They, the movie's like, oh, but these terrible people, we want you to have an emotional connection with them, and I'm like, no, I don't want to because. They're bad people. Well, which dude? The guy that his wife, the guy who's getting his his brains fried. Yeah, him and Thomas Shane. If they're on this boat, they're there for a reason. A bad, bad reason. Yeah, like for all we know, Thomas Shane's character was a child serial killer. He looks like that kind where he's like he's kind of like this, you know, he's got big glasses. Well, we know what his problem was because they specifically said that what he was busted for. What was he busted for? I don't remember, but they specifically say in the movie what he's busted for, and it was not child whatever. Was he a serial killer? Because he looks like they've got a bit of a, like, like it's the big Coke bottle glasses and, like, you know, the the meekness. I'm like, serial killer. I feel like I remember if they, they said that he was a serial killer. His name is Bert Hicks. No, sorry, Burke. For stalking a senator. Yeah, see, that's not, that's not serial killing. Right? Not yet. He got caught. I mean, in the scheme of things. And that's what he got caught for. We don't know that he didn't do anything else while he was. That's true. He could have a rap sheet. That could be the thing he was caught for. You're right. Yeah. But the other dude, that dude, we don't know his backstory. He could be murdering children left and right. And that's why he's there. So that there's your child murderer. That yeah. And then, yeah, you are supposed to feel bad for him, for him when he dies. Yeah. He you're supposed to feel bad death. for him. And I'm just like, no, I don't feel bad for him. He's a bad person. Mm-hmm. 
And I understand, you know, some people false imprisonment, blah, 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 blah. But in this movie's universe, everyone in this prison is bad. Yes. Like really, like, like really bad. These are the worst of the worst. So mm-hmm. don't feel bad for them. But by the way, you should feel bad for them. It's like, what? None of it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, then, makes sense. so so he escapes. He escapes. Because uh, he is super awesome and cool. John Travolta and Nick Cage's body. And Nick Cage's body. He goes to see his criminal friends. Mm-hmm. And they also make you try to feel bad for these criminals. Yeah. You but only a, like one or two of them. You start to have a connection with like his criminal buddies, not, you know, him. And like, because like John Travolta shows up at the prison. And so now Nick Cage knows like, oh, no, like John Travolta is taking over my life. Yeah. And <sighs> bang my wife. Yeah. So this whole thing about the banging of the wife. <laughs> And like she makes a comment later in the movie about like, oh, living as husband and wife for a week. And it's like. Well, they've definitely banged. Yeah, they definitely have. But like. She's been married to John Travolta for a long time. They had at least two kids together. Mm-hmm. She didn't realize. And I feel like Caster Troy would be into some kinky stuff. Probably. So chances are. She got a good look at his penis mm-hmm. and would go, wait a minute. What happened to your penis? Hey, like, hey. And not even just that. Then I started to think about things like their teeth aren't the same. Their ears aren't the same. Like their nipples might be different. Like I know they took off his scar, but there's like his body hair would be a different like. No, they said the body hair they specifically like tailor. Okay. They did say that one. It does, but. And they changed like the body shape. So they like liposuction fat out of John Travolta to make him skinny like Nick Cage. Yeah. And then Nick Cage makes a comment. Well, John Travolta as Nick Cage makes a comment that they've given him his body. So I assume they put the fat that they liposuctioned out of John Travolta back into Nick Cage. And the other thing, can I just say, (laughs) one of the major plot points of this movie Mm -hmm. is that they have different blood types. Yes. Wouldn't the transplants just auto-reject because they don't share blood type? <laughs> I don't know. Because that's the thing, right? If you're getting a blood transfusion or a, a, a transplant, you, you have to share blood types. Is, is, is face the, the kind of organ that needs that kind of... Yes, because you're connecting all the stuff. <laughs> nerves and... I think you're being a little too technical on the face. Well, like, I just like everything. Did they change their feet, their hands? That's the thing. When you've lived with someone for so long, I know without looking when it's you who's touching me. Like, and I'm not saying even in a sexy way. I'm saying like, if you were to reach out and like, you know, kind of like put your hand on my shoulder to get my attention. I know it's you by the way you touch me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's we and we've only been together 11 years. Mm-hmm. So for them to have been together, at least we're going to say 20 years at this point, because their oldest daughter is she's a, 16, 17. We'll she, say. Yeah, she, they said she was in high school still. So, yeah. So at least we're going to guesstimate 20 years. Bird did not realize like. I don't know. It's just. And she's supposed to be like a brilliant doctor. <laughs> so she's, she's maybe she's too distracted at work. I mean, you know? maybe she's busy. She's on call all the time. She clearly is a very important doctor because she had to go look at that dude with the screwed up face. Yeah. Can I mention about that screwed up the face? The screwed up face guy? I love. <laughs> so John Travolta 
is starting to figure out, like Castro Troy as John Travolta or vice versa is trying starting to figure out something's up and he's getting suspicious of the wife. Mm-hmm. So he goes into her hospital and he, he snaps back the curtain and she was talking to Nick Cage, but he's like disappeared and she's, you know, examining a patient who's got a really screwed up face and he His face is gorier than any of the yeah. makeup that happens to the face off people. And I gotta say, like, and then like John Will comes over, lifts the sheet, and like puts it like the thing off his face and puts it back on. He's like, ooh. That was probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Cause it was just so like he just meanders over, he's like, ugh, and puts it back. And I'm just like <laughs> You could see most of this guy's face. It was just only part of it that was screwed up. You think he'd be like, Well, that's definitely not my own face. Cause I could see most of it. Uh-huh. So I know it's not them pretending it's, you know, it's like, yeah, that, that little bit though, that got me. I was like, why is, why is anyone letting him do this? <laughs> okay. So I want to go back to a scene before this. Okay. John Travolta, or not, well, Sean Archer as Castor Troy goes to the criminal buddies, right? This is where you f- meet the son and find out it's Castro Troy's son. Michael, 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 Michael. Yes. And he, so, okay. The, this whole scene. Are they the same little boy actor? No, it's a different actor. They look the same. They look which the same. I know they was on the same, purpose. They have the same haircut. And it otherwise, was a very 90s look, haircut. It was a very 90s haircut. So they, so they go there. And like, I forgot that he was on drugs for this whole scene. Yeah. Where he's, he's super out of it. Where the whole face, where he's like, I want to take his face off. How I remembered that was just Nick Cage being Nick Cage. That's yeah. how I remembered it. I didn't remember that he was supposed to be on drugs. So when he was on drugs, I'm like, oh, this makes a lot more sense. I just thought he was crazy. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, like that scene where he's staring at himself in the mirror and he's like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like that I could probably just go. And people know what I'm talking about. They've seen this yeah. movie. Oh my goodness. But it's crazy. It's Sorry, crazy. Go ahead. It's crazy. But there's something about this next sequence of events that happens. So he goes and he meets them and they're like, oh, we're going to go do this. And then Pollux figures out that they're there. And then they send the police in. The police immediately just open fire onto this, this apartment full of people. And all I could yes. think of was like, oh, this is a little... For today on the yeah. nose, right? Like they're just firing it. There's kids. They can clearly see kids in the window and they're just like, blam, blasting away in there. And- yeah. And I'm like, well, I hate to be like, well, it happens, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. it happens, unfortunately. Yeah. So we can't really comment that like, oh, that seems it's like, yeah. It was just seemed like it was like, oh, this is topical. Almost. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, so when the, the scene was all happening and then the somewhere over the rainbow bit happens. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know how I said the movie lost me at the start? Uh-huh. Any last shred, it clawed back uh-huh. as this movie went along. Lost me all over again. <laughs> at the slow-mo somewhere over the uh, rainbow scene. As they were like the shootout. I was just like, there there have been good s- scenes in film where mm-hmm. there's a the music doesn't match the scene going on around it and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But this was just dumb. Okay. I can't even think of where I've seen it make sense, but it has. But this was uh, uh it Did, was a thing. It didn't suit your suit your ideal for the film. No, it just I don't know. None of it made sense. <laughs> I guess like 
We could just be talking about none of this movie. It's so funny because we basically have the exact same points. Is this movie doesn't make sense? Except we're on clearly different sides of a coin. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> loving the ridiculousness of it, which is yeah. We'll talk about that again. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So I mean, I don't want to go too long on this, but the movie goes crazy. Like the movie is crazy, and it just continues to be crazy. Everything that happens is weird. Him talking to his wife is crazy. Like he goes and he sees her and and then they have the shootout at the funeral. He's like, I'm going to go after him at the funeral so that he doesn't expect it. Mm-hmm. And then he warns him. <laughs> yeah. He tells him he's there with the picture. Yeah. I don't. What was the point? I don't know. It just seemed like what? What was the point of telling him that you were there? If The whole point was that. You were going to be surprising him. Anyway, yeah. so the Mexican standoff scene happens. Jeter- Which was like super like eight people pointing at and they're like crossing their arms and like they're like, oh, throwing literally as cliched as you can mm-hmm. with the, the standoff. The standoff. There, there was what, eight people? The like, best, Yeah, the best part was it happened and then more people just kept joining. Yes. <laughs> it makes no sense. Either. No. And then the whole shootout happens. Somehow during the shootout, the two accomplice dudes die. Also, speaking of the accomplice dudes, those guys were were they not well known criminals when they started hanging out with Sean Archer? Should his coworkers have not noticed this? Yeah, like what the heck? Yeah. Anyway, or whatever. And Doesn't no matter. one really gave him that much shit when he was. Like, the boss kind of gave him a little bit of shit about getting Pollux out on a deal, but like didn't seem that pissed. He's like, well, okay. And then he was just like, you know what? Maybe you're on me. So he just kills him. And it's like he he was like going like, well, unorthodox, but he didn't seem like he was gonna like tell him not to do it. But anyway, sorry, continue. Anyway, so those guys get blown away in the standoff. Oh yeah. And they, then, were, they were literally there to get shot. They were there That's, to be shot. This, the... is, this is true. And then Gina Gershon dies. We haven't really talked about her character. Her character is the mother of Castor Troy's kid. Mm-hmm. She loves Castor Troy. Mm-hmm. She hates Sean Archer. Yep. She is not aware of the switch at all. No. Why she, would she be? She's the only person in the ending who is not aware of the switch. And she dies thinking that Castor Troy is going to be taking care of her son. Yeah. Like that that scene to me, like not only is is she like dying and being like promise you'll take care of our boy. This is happening in front of John Travolta's real wife who knows that that's John Travolta. And it's just like watching as some other woman is like please take care of our son. I love you and he's just like I will do that thing. Yeah. I love you too. Well, the moment you like, see this little boy show up, you know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it is so telegraphed. This kid looks like he's calling him by his dead son's name. There's no way he's not taking it. Right. Like, well, I mean, we'll get into like, I, I, Sorry, but like, there's no way he's not in the only possession of this child. Yes. I, I figured we'd get to that in a minute. But final shootout happens. It is the most ridiculous. Like, it just keeps going. It was like Lord of the Rings, but in. But in continuing shootouts. Yeah. Where it <laughs> like, just doesn't stop. Like it just keeps boats going. Because they have the shootout in person. Yep. And then the boat shootout. And then the dock fight. And then it finally ends. I just, yeah. It just keeps going. And like I realized 
probably about 20 minutes into this fight that if this movie just cut out 50% of the slow-mo, it would be 90 minutes shorter. <laughs> I, I I feel like that's a slight exaggeration, but we could have gotten some time back. Because that's one thing I will say about this movie is I found it to be long. <laughs> Yeah, it is very long. And like, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of a lot of action movies are quite long. Like yes. the Fast and the Furious movies, I feel are getting longer to fit more action into them. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. Putting more action in a Fast and Furious movie is okay. Into a ridiculous Fast and the Furious movie, but this ridiculous movie, adding more action to it is terrible. There's charm in the Fast and the Furious movies. I don't really know what the button is. Is it cool cars? Do there need to be more cool cars? No, it's not even that. Because like more terrible. I would say in realm in the same realm of ridiculousness was Hobbs versus Shaw, Mm -hmm. where nothing that happens makes a lick of sense, and yet I really enjoyed that movie, and maybe because it was faster paced, or maybe it's just because the leads had more charisma. Who has more charisma? Besides Nicholas Cage. Besides Nick Cage, no one in this movie has a ton of charisma. Well, Gina Gershon. She was but she's in it for like five minutes. Also, I was at a point in this movie where I was just like, what is happening? At one point does someone just go home? What? At some point someone literally just goes home. Oh, oh, it's Nicholas Cage. He walks in when he gets when he is Sean. After the shootout at the the loft where everybody dies, he sneaks back into his own house. Yes, and weirdly, yes! weirdly goes home when he's finally alone. Yes, and I'm just like, what? Yes. Like, <laughs> that's the other thing. So, like, he gets shot in the stuff, and this is like he gets shot in this shootout, and. He gets into his house and he's like home and then sees his wife and she's like, what the hell? You're the man who killed my son, obviously. And doesn't, mm-hmm. But he's like, I swear to God, just your husband's been acting weird and our blood types are different. Check it out. Blah, blah, blah. And then literally he just leaves and like a day later shows up at the hospital and is like. No, no. The best part is, is she makes the discovery. That the blood type is different and he's there. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a day later. And he's just been waiting for her to patch him up while he's bleeding out. And he's just waiting around. And I'm just like, he should be dead. Well, the thing is, is he's standing there waiting for her to finish the blood test, like behind her, so that he can dramatically reveal that he's there. Yeah. <laughs> Holy Lord. And he's probably like, he should have, maybe this whole thing is just a fever dream where he bled out at one point And like, it's like Jacob's bladder. <laughs> okay. Uh, but no and then so they have this huge fight at, fight at the end and then literally obviously Troy fight dies yes and then he just shows up at his house he and, gets killed with a spear gun yeah with a spear gun which is with, even more ridiculous yeah obviously they swap faces back even though the doctor who does these face swapping operations was killed by Castro Troy they, yeah they threw away one line of dialogue that was like they're bringing in the best surgeons for this yeah, like they so. didn't use the best surgeon before, but whatever. <laughs> and then literally his whole family, which is just his wife and daughter, but his wife is a doctor. They're literally waiting for him to come home. They're not at the hospital with him. No. They're not waiting at like an airport for him to get dropped off. No. They didn't, they're literally at home and see him show up. Mm-hmm. Like, why were they not? This isn't COVID times. They could be in the hospital They could with be, him. yes. 
Well, like, and they, the it, sad thing was, it took me a moment to be like, wait, no, they could have been at the hospital with him. The, they could have been. It could have been a like he's going to be here for a while, and he might be in a coma for a while. But they would have called. You would think. You would think. Maybe they. He but woke they were up. obviously expecting him. Maybe they woke up, or he woke up, and then they were like, "We're going to call your wife and tell him to come down." He's like, "Wait." I have a dramatic reveal of a child to do still. Yeah, what happened Don't... with this child while he was getting surgery? Staying with the cousins. That's where he was when they, I mean, maybe those cousins were unfit to parent. Yeah, they just steal this kid back. And it's just like, because they're like, wanted to replace her dead son. And yeah. Her from and, when... and apparently both the, the answer to that with the daughter and the wife was, yes, here is a new child. We've healed all our trauma. It's like, no, they all need therapy. Yes, there's a lot of therapy. So much. I would love to see a movie that is literally just John Travolta's family processing the trauma that happened to them. No. Because now the man who is the the father of the family is also the person who has been tormenting them because he was wearing their face. Okay. So the sequel will be Jamie as an adult in therapy, but just super screwed up. Like this woman is super screwed up and her stolen not brother has followed in his real father's footsteps and become a criminal mastermind when he discovered he was stolen from his face removed father and mother. And he takes over Castor Troy's empire and CCH Pounder goes. She's dead. Somehow she's still alive. <laughs> she's got to be alive. This only uh-huh. works if she's alive. Goes to Dominique, to Jamie or Dominique Swain, as like you're the only one who knows what is now Adam, but you called Michael for twenty years because your whole family's so screwed up. <laughs> you're the only one who knows him the way we need to know him. You need to swap faces with him, uh-huh. and she becomes Adam slash Michael. <laughs> No, here's the it real. It would work. Here's the real thing. Would you not be afraid that, like, going into your therapy and such, would you not just assume that everybody from the rest of your life on might be somebody who's face swapped? Yeah. Oh, 100%. And that's why part of the movie has to be about her in therapy and not trusting the therapist. So, because in the, whole, the movie already, she's already got trauma from her brother dying, yes. obviously. And so I'm just picturing her in therapy and, like, every day she shows up with, like, She's used basically stage makeup to make herself look completely different uh-huh. because she's so screwed up because she's like, no face is my face. No face is my face. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to write Adam Weingarten. Uh-huh. You're like, so buddy. We've solved it for we you. Got, we got the We've script. cracked the code. <laughs> Speaking of who wrote this movie, the writer of the movie, this movie is two writers. They also wrote The Mask with Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. And we're the people who developed the story for Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Wow. Fancy fun. Anyway. So you do have anything else to say about this movie? Yeah. You know, one thing I really noticed about this movie as it went on. This movie has a lot of breaking the cardinal rule of like fiction, which is show, don't tell. Mm -hmm. This movie tells, not shows. And not even exposition dumping. Every line is some kind of exposition. It's like. They just literally spell it out for you at every turn. Mm-hmm. I'm almost glad they did because how much longer could this movie have possibly been if they had to show us all this stuff? But that's all. Okay. Well, those were our thoughts on the movie. 
critics in 1997 had their own thoughts on this movie. So, Laura, why don't you fill us in on some past reviews? I feel like there had to be LSD in the water <laughs> at the screening. Like, just in the screening for cr- the critic screening, mm-hmm. had to be like LSD in the pop mm-hmm. and sprinkled on the popcorn. Okay. Because critical consensus on this movie is 92%. <laughs> And audience is 82%. Mm-hmm. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars and praised it heavily for the character swapping, saying each actor did a great job of playing an actor playing a part. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> Nick Cage did. John Travolta did not. Uh-huh. Peter Travers of the Rolling Stone said, you might or you may not buy the premise for the windup, but with Travolta and Cage taking comic and psychic measures off their characters and their own careers, there's no resisting face off. You this you gotta see. And thankfully, at least one critic said Barbara Schulgasser of the San Francisco Examiner said a good director would choose the best of the six ways and put it in this movie. Wu puts in all six. If you keep your eyes closed during a Woo movie and open them every six minutes, you'll see everything you need to know to have a perfectly lovely evening at the cinema. Basically, there's so much happening mm-hmm. that literally, like, and nothing cohesive. Like, it's six plot strands. And literally, if you just closed your eyes for a few minutes and opened them and closed your eyes for a few minutes and opened them, you'd still get it. Because mm-hmm. it's just so much. This movie's like two and a half hours long. It's. It was two hours and 18 minutes, including. This is too long. (laughs) This movie won a lot of awards. (laughs) Uh, It uh, was nominated for an Oscar for best effects and sound editing. It won best director and best writer at the Saturn Awards. And it was nominated for best actor, best actor, best supporting actress, best performance for a young actress, best music and best makeup. You weren't wearing makeup. Yeah, the makeup was the the face swapping. It won favorite <laughs> actor for Nick Cage <clears throat> at the Blockbuster Entertainment Awards. And it, yeah, it won Jupiter Awards for Nick Cage, John Woo. MTV Movie Award won for Best On-Screen Duo and Best Action Sequence for the Speedboat Chase and was nominated for Best Movie, Best Male Performance, Best Male Performance. And best villain with them both being nominated. Like, there's just the Sweden Fantastic Film Festival named John Woo the Grand Jury Prize winner. <laughs> like, I just like, did nothing else good come out this year? Like, The Lost World came out. Uh-huh. Titanic came out. Uh-huh. Uh, None of it makes sense. No. Well, so I guess getting into to our own reviews. I'm giving this a double butter because this movie is so ridiculous. It it needs to be seen to just be like experienced because it's so weird. It's 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 insane. It's an insane movie. The plot makes no sense. Well, I mean, it makes sense. It just is such an insane plot that it's weird that it makes sense. It's just crazy. The performances are crazy. The action is crazy. It's one of those movies where like. People are shooting at each other and then they like do weird spins because it will make them shoot better. Double yeah. the double guns, the guns akimbo, all of that crazy crap. Double gunning. It, Nobody double guns anymore. No, but this movie's got plenty of double guns and it's, it's just so goofy and weird. I, I think it's a good time still. 
I'm giving it a double butter. And I, I got to say, there was a part of me that thought you were gremlinsing me when you were like going to act like you just hated this movie the entire time and then double butter it at the end. But the longer we've talked, the less I believe that now. <laughs> See, I said this movie is too long at two hours and 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was like comparing it to these fast movies because I love the Fast and Furious. I love a lot of stupid action movies. Mm-hmm. The last Fast and the Furious movie was two hours and 16 minutes. Hobbs versus Shaw was two hours and 17 minutes. So and technically, this was longer, but mm-hmm. doesn't by a not, minute. But it doesn't count. Like, I let me finish. Mm-hmm. But this movie felt ten times longer than either of those movies put together. <laughs> I obviously am giving this movie a burn. It's just <laughs> it is nonsense, and I like nonsense. But this movie, just nothing about it clicked for me. Mm-hmm. It just is dumb from start to finish. I don't understand why people like it so much. Like, is it crazy? And I understand enjoying crazy for the sake of crazy. I understand fun action. But like the action being slowed down consistently through the whole movie takes some of the thrill out of it. And it's just like I said, Nick Cage is entertaining as always, but I don't know, John Travolta is this isn't his forte. Mm-hmm. I like Joan Allen as the mom. She was pretty good. Um, Gina Gershon would look pretty. It's just weird, hun. It's it was a weird. Weird, weird movie. It's, I think we can both agree that it's a weird movie. It's so strange. It's just that we both didn't agree on how we enjoyed that weirdness. It was not my cup of tea. I am giving this movie a burn. Yeah. I was going to be nice and give it a plane just to be nice. And I'm like, no, that's not what this podcast is about. I didn't like this movie. Mm hmm. I honestly thought I was going to at least enjoy it somewhat. I, I thought you were all psyched. Well, you were psyched and ready to go. And then we watched it and you hated the crap out of it. Yeah, I was not like going into it like negatively. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I remember liking this movie as a kid and it's going to be silly. Fu- I like silly action fun, as I've said. No, no. We could not be further apart on this movie. I'm sorry, dear. I'm not even sorry. No, I know you're not. That's okay. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Burnt Popcorn. Next week, we will be talking about Scream. Yeah, Scream, which we've already recorded. Scream's always a good time. Yeah, we watched it on VHS at your parents' house. Yeah, isn't that fun? We watched it on VHS. Instead of watching this on VHS at your parents' house, because your parents didn't own this. They used to. I swear they bought it, and they must have gotten rid of it, because they got rid of most of their VHSs, obviously, but they still had Scream, which I stole back. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we won't talk any more about Scream because we did an entire podcast on that already. I would talk more about Scream. Of course you would. It's like, as we can, well, you know what? We'll just Don't leave worry it. about it. We'll just leave it for next Don't week. Don't worry we'll about it. We'll just leave it for next week. So look forward to Scream next week for this episode of Burnt Popcorn. I am Mike. I'm Laura. And we will talk to you guys again. Bye soon. <laughs>